Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Crystal Leyland from Wisconsin with us. She is a business coach for corporate women. Crystal, take it away. Tell us what you've done. I know you have had quite a journey, mm-hmm. and I want to dig in on some of these things, but go ahead and just tell us where you're at right now and where you've come from. Sure. So, um, hi. Thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, I help corporate women. So women who have this nine to five, but they're also working towards entrepreneurship and having, you know, being their own boss and doing their own thing. I help them really solidify and transition, uh, from corporate into a full-time, um, business owner status basically. And not everybody, you know, not everybody needs to do that or wants to do that, which is totally fine. Um, but for those that are like really sitting there saying to themselves, ah, I just, I need to make this work. I need to make this work. I'm ready to leave. That's, that's who I serve. I help them so really you're get that ground running. Kind of a transition coach for people who are trying to leave the office and work for themselves, usually from home. Is that what you yes. end up doing? Yes, exactly. All right. And I know that you've, in the past, you started, I don't know how long ago you were doing administrative assistant type work. Is that something from like distant past or recent past? I have been in the administrative field for, I mean, for years. Um, and that fell into my lap. So when I was doing coaching and I've been a coach since 2014 officially, but people would always reach out to me because I do have uh, a knack for technology and I have that administrative background. Um, they would reach out to me and ask me to help them with stuff. So I, it was kind of like under the wraps. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. advertised it really. Um, but it, yeah, it was more so like I had an, another business going and I, I, yeah, so I did, um, do some, offer some VA services. In fact, I'm wrapping up with two clients that are overseas right now. Um, so I just am, I guess, um, transferring the, the, my clients to a new VA. So awesome. So that was, uh, kind of how, is that how you kind of started working from home? And then it's, you're like, wow, I have a knack for this. I'm a natural at coaching and helping people with is that like automation or just technical things? Well, what I was doing for uh, the VA services and like I was helping build business systems for online coaches. Mm. Uh, so, you know, like the funnels, the sales funnels, the um, email sequences, um, building, I mean, it was a plethora of things, but building the website, getting like the scheduling system and building the project management system, like all the things um, that an online coach needed, um, that I did for myself, I was offering to fellow coaches and that was not where I started really. I've been an entrepreneur for over 15, yeah, six, almost 16 years now. Um, my first job was organizing. So I was a professional organizer Mm. and, um, I've, then I transitioned to helping, you know, organizing homes and, and time management to organizing events. And so I had an event planning studio for many years in my local community or not. I was an event planner um, for many years in my local community. I opened a studio. I had a studio for about a year and I'm like, this isn't 
this isn't um, paying off for me. Um, the work that I was doing was exhausting uh, energetically and physically. And I, I, mean, I loved um, the idea of it. I loved the idea of, you know, running my own business and all of that, but it was taking away time for my children. Uh, it wasn't financially, like I had not hit that financial mark where I was able to make it full-time doing my own thing. I always had something at least part-time going on um, just to, to keep a roof over the, my head. Uh, it just wasn't working out. What um, kind of studio was it? It was an event planning studio. So I uh, planned celebrations. And so yeah. I had my own little shop. Um, I did the, where we would meet and, and, you know, I would work out of my shop instead of working out of my home. I see. Um, I so worked out client. of my home previously, but then I had, I wanted to have some kind of presence, like phys physical presence in the community. So when people, you know, I was right in prime area in downtown lacrosse and, you know, I wanted that street traffic. I wanted that recognition. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, it's, it is a challenge when you work from home and you don't have that. Um, sign outside your door saying this is what I do and you especially you know I'm all online mm -hmm. and so my presence is 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 building up that online visibility whereas you know that's why I tried the studio but again you know it was at a time where things for me in that industry were fizzling out because it wasn't paying off Okay. So when you closed the studio, the storefront where you had the name outside, did you just close that business entirely and start a new I chapter? Okay. I did. I did. Um, yeah, but it wasn't right away where I started that new chapter. I needed a break. I needed to recoup. I knew that like I could, I can make it work. Um, but I just need to figure out what that was. You know, I, am the jack of all trades, right? Like I good technically, I'm good at deciphering a lot of things. I'm organized, you know, I do all these things. Uh, but I knew, you know, I have a, a master's degree in business. So I have training and education in this um, broad field. But I knew that you can't build a business serving everyone doing everything like that's just not going to work. So I needed to really figure it out and define what it is. My, what was my next step? Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I just took some time for myself. And I think that's really where I started becoming more self-aware um, just on that whole journey of, of finding, you know, and being aware of, of my thoughts and aware of my behavior patterns and all of those things. But what I did was I reached out to past colleagues, friends, family, and I asked them, and I actually have, I have my notes from this, but I asked them, um, if you were to seek out advice from me, what would be the topic? And not everybody replied, but I did get a lot of really good, solid feedback. And wow. that is what I used to help me um, figure out the next path. And a lot of the feedback was 
around business, obviously that was just my background. I could talk about that all day long. Um, but it was confidence and it was really funny because I appeared confident to everybody else, but myself, (laughs) you know, we all have those inside gremlins, but it's really funny how nobody else can see that all the time. You know, people thought that I was just so confident and bold and brave and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I'm still trying to find myself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a really neat way to leverage your network. A lot of times people are like, Hey, if you know someone that could help me get into such and such, you know, industry, you know, Mm -hmm. I need uh, a contact or introduction. And you were like, what am I good at? And that's really good. Um, so it sounds like you've had kind of a menagerie of different experiences. Did you ever actually work in the office or in a corporate setting? Yes, I have had many office positions. Um, so when I first started, like my first real job, I worked at the front desk of, um, a small family run business And I actually created a position out of that opportunity. I created an inventory analysis position and um, I ran that and I trained the next person, created a manual. Um, And from there, I just, you know, I was trying to, I was so, I was young. I was like 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it was pretty 19. And I was just trying to figure out what, what was my thing? What's my career? Right. You know, did the so. organizing come in before or after the inventory thing? Sure. Uh, that came in later. So uh, when I was in my master's degree program, um, we had to create a business. And I was like, you know, I had been playing with the idea of actually jumping out and doing something on my own. And that was basically a project that I took on in my my master's degree program and I, I made it a, a business and yeah. The the organizing thing is what you thought through when you were in your in your program. Yes. Well we had to like create a fix you know a business plan and map out all these different things to to um, build a system for a profitable business. And that was one of the things that I chose to do. And then Um, you're like, you know what, might as well just do it. Yeah, exactly. And it was actually pretty profitable. Um, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of work (laughs) because yeah, it was just not a clientele that I wanted to serve. Cause I understood that, you know, people, when there's, when I would come in to help them with organizing their home and their time, it was a lot going on behind the scenes and like that mental health thing, you know, and I wasn't trained for that. I wasn't ready for that. Mm. And, um, it's not just going in and making their house pretty and organized because you can do that, but then it's just going to go right back. Right. So it was educating. I felt, um, like I wasn't serving to the fullest because, you know, because it wasn't giving them that transformation. You know, it was just making the house pretty and I'm like, man, I'm not trained for this. And I even, I had a doctor, uh, one of my biggest clients was a doctor and, um, huge transformation in her home visibly, <laughs> yes. but 
there was a lot of barriers that she was working on internally. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was doing a disservice by not, mm. you know, addressing that. So I'm like, well, this is probably not the business for me. It, you know, so. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I know that even just sorting papers, like literally just going through boxes of old papers is exhausting to me because I'm reliving every moment from every single thing and having to make decisions. Do I want to keep this to on? remember this. How am I going to organize this? And just mm-hmm. going through a few boxes of paper, I like to look for something or to, um, you know, to, to downsize, you know, my paper, uh, files it's, I feel like I've lived a thousand memories in that hour mm-hmm. and it's a big deal. And so I can imagine helping someone else process their stuff. You don't have that emotional attachment to all of those things. And so it's easy for you to be like this, that, the other thing, this yeah. can stay, this can go, let's put this here. That looks nice. And they're like, oh boy, there's, you know baggage and attachments mm-hmm. and, you know, things that go with it. I can see that being emotionally charged business. Yeah. Um, so after that, then, uh, when you were doing the organization business, were you doing like half and half, like, were you going out into people's homes and coming home and doing your paperwork and billing and invoicing and all those things? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you say it was like 50, 50 or what kind of split was it? Um, Well, I mean, I would be home, I'd be marketing, I'd be making phone calls, writing um, press releases. Um, You know, at that time, I don't think Instagram was a thing. I think it was like, you know, I had a website. So I did have a lot of traditional marketing to do, Mm -hmm. uh, billing, um, and just mapping out like things for the client. So I do a lot of client work. So I guess you'd say 50, 50. Um, and then the in-person would be that physical. Yeah. Service. Mm -hmm. And then when you were doing the studio, was that 100% being done at, at the studio or were you bringing work home as well? Um, well, before I actually had the physical studio, I was doing all my work at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I had to meet face-to-face with clients, it'd either be at the venue or at a coffee shop or in their home. Um, Mm -hmm. But majority of it was at home um, behind the scenes, you know, doing, yeah, work from home. And then now, are you 100% working from home now? No more out in the community service? No, right. I am working from home. And is everyone that you're meeting with virtual now, or are you still meeting with anyone face-to-face? Everyone is virtual. Um, However, I do have a new VIP day program. uh, So I have that option for specific clients if they want to meet me in the lacrosse area and do a face-to-face VIP day, they can do so. But it's mainly virtual. So we meet like via Zoom. I do all my work. Um, virtually. Um, yeah. So. so it sounds as though you've gone from expanding because uh, the, the city that you live in is not a large area. You no. live near La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is, I grew up about at what, an hour or so. Rochester, Minnesota was another, and then I think I was 20 miles west of Rochester. Um, mm-hmm. So probably what, 80, 90 minutes from where you are now, um, that's not a very big metro area. So now all of a sudden you're going from working with your in-person clients for your organization and your event planning business to what the world are you like mostly working with us based people or international too? 
Um, mainly U.S. However, some of my VA clients have been international. So I have oh. some in the U.K. and um, Singapore and yeah. So, so in South Africa, um, but main, that was for my VA services and which I, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't really advertise for that. It just kind of fell in my lap and then they referred, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people to me. And, um, but now like f- for my business coaching, it is mainly, uh, the clients that I'm working with are, um, U.S. based. U.S. based. Yes. I want to change gears a little bit and talk a little bit about your home life work balance. You've yeah. mentioned that you have children and I know that you were previously in a past life, an organization expert in time management. So do you want to give some uh, ideas of how that's working for you? How do you manage your time and any recommendations for people who might struggle in that area? I would be one of those. <laughs> I do a lot of time blocking. Um, you know, really how I start my day is probably the the night before and I, you know, evaluate, okay, this is the top three priorities that I need to get done. And those are the first things that I address when I sit down at my workstation the following day. Mm-hmm. Um, and like number one on the list is always the revenue generating activities. Right. Um, and that, that's like a number one priority. Uh, so every day it's going to be hitting the lead generation and, and building that pipeline. Um, but, you know, calendar blocking, not filling up your calendar. And I've heard other people, you know, talk about how everything goes in the calendar. And I almost feel like that can be overwhelming for folks and it can really, um, throw you off a little bit where maybe you don't follow the calendar at all. Cause it's too freaking full. You know, you need yep. to allow yourself some time to, um, be flexible and breathe. Yeah. So yeah, I do have, I have three children and two of which are home. Um, my son is not, he's 18, he's 19 tomorrow. So his birthday is tomorrow, but, um, and then I have a cat. <laughs> Me too. I'm surprised he's not like banging on the door because when he <laughs> follows me, it's mom that he loves. Uh, he follows me everywhere. And even like he's usually when I'm um, on a podcast interview, he's usually on the bed watching me or just being in my space. It's funny, but he's not here. My, right now. my cat actually interrupted me for the first time at my previous recording and uh, came, I guess the door wasn't quite latched and just came barging in. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> So the first time ever, if you want to see what my cat looks like, look at the last episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you've got two kiddos. Are they school age? Um, so I have a high schooler and then an elementary school. So my, my daughter, they're both my both daughters, so sorry, okay, both yeah. girls, um, but my um, older daughter, she's going to be a senior this year. And then I have wow. a second grader, um, but oh. for them, you know, really managing that time uh, during my prime working hours and then being available for them is critical. Um, Your two school age kids, are they mm-hmm. also, um, you've got one who's out of the house and the two age, two school age kids, are they literally at home all of the time or just some yes. of the time? Nope. They're always here. 
Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> one of your thoughts. No, it's okay. They are always here. Uh, one key uh, thing to, to make it all work while we're all in the house is just setting boundaries and, and communicating. Like they know, you know, even today, I did, my daughter went to summer school for a couple hours this morning, my youngest. And then I picked her up and I said, all right, you know, um, let me know, you know, talk to me right now, because once we get home, mom's going right up to the computer and I have an interview. Um, so, and they, and they know when mom's doors closed, we're going to leave mom alone. And then my older daughter really is super helpful in that respect. Cause she'll, mm-hmm. you know, be that, that, um, second runner up for, yeah. <laughs> for me and she'll fill in and, and help out with the little one. Awesome. Yep. So you've got, um, almost as yeah, a high school or a senior, she's going into her senior year right now yes. to hop mm-hmm. out with like that work management thing a little bit. And, um, how about household duties? Are you one that's distracted by duties during the day or do you like ignore them during the day? How does that work for you? Cause that's what I'm trying to figure out for myself this week, because yeah. I had my children home all year last year, mm-hmm. the entire you know, 2020, um, from, I guess, March through, you know, August of 2021, my kids were home 24 seven and they have been in school. This is their fourth day back to school in Arizona. We start really early Mm -hmm. and I am having to revamp my entire routine. Now I have to get up and drive them to school. And so the time that I was working is shifting, um, from the morning into the, the midday, and, um, now I am like, oh shoot, my husband would really appreciate it. I'm sure if I unloaded the dishwasher and switched the laundry and folded and put the way, but I need to get work done. <laughs> so how are you managing with the kids at home all the time? Are they homeschooling or doing online school? So they were homeschooled, um, prior to this. So since COVID hit and we were shut down, uh, they were homeschooled. They yep. will be going back into person uh, this fall. Yeah. Okay. Uh, while everyone was is home, it's really like they have their chores to do. Um, for me, I like to knock it out in the evening, and so that I allow myself some time uh, to really make use of my prime time. So I'm not working eight hours straight. Um, just because like, I'm not one of those people that feels that you have to constantly be sitting at your computer doing something to make it make sense. Like you're actually, you know, you're not always, um, being productive, you know, you need to do activities that you're, that you're actually making, you know, some, progress with and not just being busy. So I've cut a lot of that, you know, nonsense work. And it's not really, that's probably a really poor word for that, but the busy work, I cut a lot of that out and we're just reevaluated how I'm going to use my time and in towards what, what goals they're, you know, going to help me achieve. How so, did you cut out this busy work? Was it automated things that were easy or things that you can ignore? Well, you know, a really good thing like to do is high, if you can, if you have the means to hire a professional or personal assistant. Okay. 
to take care, even if it's just for a couple hours a week to take care of some tasks, even if it is household tasks, there's nothing wrong or shameful about that. If, as long as you are being utilized, you know, in the best way possible and using Mm -hmm. your energy in the best way possible and not being drained. Cause once you're, when you take on those tasks that really drain your energy that you could be handing off to somebody else, whether it's, you know, hired and your personal assistant, or if it's your family, mm-hmm. um, when you take on those tasks, you're draining the energy that you have that you can be using for those activities that you're really good at, you know, that you're yeah. really um, strong at. So if to me, it, it's just really, um, observing, you know, being very conscious of, okay, this is how I've spent my day, even just evaluating for the next seven days, like, how am I really spending my time? And where can I cut things out? Right. That aren't serving me that aren't filling the buckets that I want to fill, Mm -hmm. you know, when you said personal assistant, did you mean like literally a human who comes into your home to help you with physical tasks or like more like, what else can they do? I mean, they could do anything. Um, you know, not necessarily somebody that comes in, um, but you can, you can hire a, a mm-hmm. personal assistant to come in and, and tidy up your house, help you prepare the next day, mm-hmm. um, get your mail, open the mail, do the calendar, you know, check your email, which they could probably do from their home, but get your email situated, mm-hmm. delete unnecessary stuff and put things on the calendar and just take the, the mindless stuff. Right. Um, you know, you it's probably some of the things that you were helping people with when you were working as more of an administrative assistant or a virtual assistant. Um, I was doing more of like the, like I wasn't doing the daily tasks. Okay. Uh, I was doing more of the building, the systems, oh, monitoring the sales funnels. So when you have someone helping you, are they a virtual assistant or are they an in-person personal assistant? Um, right now it would be virtual. Okay. Um, but I am looking in probably later <laughs> this year to have somebody come in um, and, and help with some of the tasks. But right. at this point, my schedule just feels right and okay. I'm okay. That's but, good to um, hear. Not everyone can say that. Yeah. No, but you know, one thing I noticed when I started shifting, and I think this is something I, I um, mentioned in our r- very original conversation months back, but um, I, when I switched to like vacuuming at night, it was the best thing ever. So I want to hear more about this because I know you wrote that into the the guest interest form that you filled up for me. And I wanted, yeah. that was going to be my next question. What the heck? Oh. <laughs> Because when you wake up, so for me, if I see dirty dishes in the sink immediately when I wake up, yeah, I'm going to go and do those dirty dishes right. and get that yeah. cleaned up. Laundry, I'm going to go and do instead of recouping it and getting ready for the day and doing my mindset and working mm-hmm. out whatever your morning routine is to really get yourself going for the day. Yeah. It shouldn't be cleaning unless that makes you happy. It shouldn't be cleaning. Okay. So for me, I moved, um, like vacuuming. I noticed like I bought a new vacuum cleaner during COVID and it was like the best thing ever. You know, when you're an adult, those things make you happy when you're buying those, you know, 
purchases, adult purchases. Yes. It's like, um, it's like a present. Yes. <laughs> for yes. Yourself. So I would vacuum in the evening. And then once I, you know, I'd have the kitchen cleaned when you get up in the morning, you have like a clean house, yeah. you know, that's like the deep cleaning, right? You want to, you're not gonna be able to do that every single day, but, mm-hmm. um, just that, you know, wiping down of counters, getting your dishes out of the sink, keeping your kitchen clean and just running the vacuum. And that has been an automated thing for me. I have a routine, um, you know, folding the blankets, putting them in the basket and just picking up and my girls, well, my youngest one really helps my oldest one. She's off with friends all the time, but um, my youngest one, she knows the drill and we do it together. You know, I know that this would very much resonate with my husband. Um, I, I don't think I see messes the same way that he does. Like I can, Mm -hmm. I can deal with them, but it sounds like what he would say, like when we go on a vacation, he's like trying to clean the whole house. I'm just trying to get out the door, whatever mess we make. And he's like, Oh no, I don't want to come home to a dirty house. And I'm sure that's how he feels in the morning when he comes down for lunch. Um, He's working from home currently. Um, He'll be, you know, running through the dishes and stuff where I use cleaning more as like a procrastination tool. And so I almost have to be like, I need to push it back to the evening so that during the daytime, when I do have this quiet time, I can work and focus because my family is downstairs where the kitchen and the living room and the cleaning would be happening anyway. And to be able to spend time with them, I I know that something's counter, uh, counter, uh, intuitive for some people, they would say, um, oh, I don't want my best hours to be spent cleaning. I want them, you know, to be able to spend with my kids. But for me, like, then I would at least be with my kids and then mm-hmm. hold up in my office by myself. I can I, get behind that. Yeah. I understand that though. Like I, uh, I use that as a procrastination tool as well. And that's why, you know, I, I do catch myself like, mm, I know I want to clean up, but, um, I really got to get this done. That's priority. So it's just, it's a learning, you know, I remember when we moved in progress, when we moved to Arizona, we went from having a gas powered mower from when we had our big yard, when we lived in, I guess we had yards when we lived in, I guess, Missouri and Illinois. And then we moved back to Missouri with a different house and had an even bigger yard and it took like four hours to mow it. We moved to Arizona and we had a little postage stamp sized backyard and we got a rotary mower, the, the old, like not gas powered, just man powered. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was quiet. It was like, you know, you could barely hear it. And so it was wonderful because my husband could mow the yard at nine o'clock at night. We just turned on the back porch light Mm-hmm. And nobody would hear it. And I guess with m- vacuuming at night n- might not work for everyone. Like if they're work- if they're living in like in a close quarters, like apartment complex or something like that. But for you, it's working. And how late are we talking? Like go midnight? to bed early. No, like I, go- <laughs> I go to bed early. Okay. <laughs> it's my vacuuming is done by like nine unless it's okay. game night. So I, cause my, my kids are athletes. So unless it's like game night, my vacuuming is done at nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I am not trying to vacuum at midnight. That's not going to work. <laughs> and I should mention, it's just myself and my kids here. I don't have that spouse. So yeah, that does add a whole other level of, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause they have their own, you know, they have to help with the household duties as well. 
but they also have their own opinion on what should get done. Mm. So I feel like I kind of have an advantage here, actually, even though, you know, I would love to share my house with somebody. <laughs> I feel like as far as like how annoying that dirty sink can get, <laughs> it's just me that it's, uh, that it's annoying, you know, right. It's not somebody else. <laughs> So when you're balancing your time in your household, it's like you and the kids and you're getting it all done from home right now. Work, yes. school, everything. Everything. Is there anything that's not working for you right now that you would like to change or that you've changed recently that's helping? Mm. Um, I was not. And, and I think, I think many people might be beating themselves up about it. And I, I, realize that that's not, um, the best path, but the getting movement in Mm -hmm. that is one thing I've been good at the past few months. Um, but even at the beginning of COVID, it was a great opportunity, you know, to, I mean, there were so many things that you could plug into your TV and so many apps that were offering discounts and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. But even when you had that opportunity, you know, it wasn't necessarily like you were utilizing it as well as you, you can. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting more movement in is the biggest change that I wanted to see. And I'm starting to get it. However, my, that's a, that's a struggle in it, in its own, because I have to figure out my daughter's scheduling. Cause I can't, you know, take my seven-year-old to the gym. She can't stay home alone. So I have to figure out what works for my older child to actually be in the house to, you know, care for the younger one. Right. So that I can get out and, you know, yeah. Get that movement <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah. When I was driving my kids to uh, school this morning and I was heading home, actually, I had to bring my husband to work as well as well as I dropped off four people backpacks today. Um, (laughs) And on my way home, I was like, it's just so hot. We live in Arizona and it's just so hot. And in the wintertime, like from, well, October through about April, it's really prime time. Like you could be out running, jogging, biking every single day, all day. And it's just gorgeous. Uh, in the summer is harder, you know, when it's 108 by, you know, 9am, it's not mm. so easy. I tried to go for a walk yesterday and I think it was 88 degrees when I left, but I still like felt like I was overheating and that's cold for Arizona. <laughs> um, I was like, I just need a treadmill so bad. And I've been kind of looking around in our buy nothing group. Um, every once in a while we can post like, you know, do you need anything? Do you want anything? And like, it's kind of a big ask, like, does anyone happen to have a treadmill? They're just trying to get rid of. And that's people aren't going to get rid of it in the summertime in Arizona. Cause everyone wants one. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I might just have to hit up Facebook marketplace and start to like, maybe put a few <clears throat> alerts on offer up and like, just kind of keep an eye out more actively for one for, mm-hmm. you know, under a few hundred dollars or something. It'd be great if I could actually have one that would fold up enough that I could stick it under my desk and use it as like a standing walking desk. Yes. I, you want to say I, something? Yes. I saw an advertisement for one. It was like the super, it was so simplistic Mm -hmm. it would slide right under your desk in the, in the, um, advertisement. It was, you can fold it up. You could slide it under your desk. Mm -hmm. It can be that walking, you know, right. Cause I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not going to run. Like I'm not going to need to go more than seven miles per hour ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> literally. And so a lot of those, they have um, the cap at, I think it's three, maybe even two miles per hour. I'm not sure if you have it with the arms folded down, but if you fold up the arms, if it has arms that can fold, not all of them do, then you can go up to like seven. I'm not going to ever run. Um, I just hate it. <laughs> so I know myself well enough to be like, um, but yeah, I might just get one. Our, our house is small. We've got five people and, um, and I know that everyone's, you know, idea of what small is compared to others, but we only have one living room. So we don't have like that extra den or the extra office or the extra family room or a spare bedroom. None of that. Like we have nothing like that. Basically, if we wanted to put a treadmill somewhere, it'd have to be kind of in the middle of the living room mm-hmm. and then fold it up. Uh, and I'm working out of a closet, so we're not working with much space here either. So it had to be pretty compact, but you know, um, I don't mean to name drop here, but I, um, follow this woman on YouTube grow with Joe and she does like indoor walking exercises Mm -hmm. and some of them get a little, you know, you're sweaty, but I think it's great for movement. If you don't have a lot of space, you're still getting that movement in on a treadmill. No, it's not walking. I mean, she does, she does more than just, you know, what you think <laughs> you're, you're doing movement and you're actually, you know, your heart rate is up. It's steady. It's I, you should just, you know, check it out, check it out. See if it works. It's, for you. it's without Joe, the is it obviously J O Joe, like Joseph, yes. kind of Joe. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Walk with Joe. Is that what she said? Grow, grow, grow with that rhyming even better. Yeah. All right. It's well, just that's a, good. indoor, you know, walking in place, you know, well, there's certain kinds of tasks that I can do while I'm walking. I remember when, right before I met my husband, I was um, going to the gym and it was a 24 seven gym and they had treadmills and I would make them pretty slow. I was going two and a half, maybe three miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would read books that were kind of easy to read. Like the, not like the really difficult, like mind bending uh, business style books, but like kind of easy stories um, kind of like a beach read, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like if it was too intense, I couldn't walk and read both well at the same time. Um, but if it was the easy storytelling, you know, simple stories, I could, yeah. I could walk s- seven hours. I mean, I could just keep going cause I love reading. Um, but yeah, I kind of stopped all of that when I met my husband, we actually started going for walks in person together and then uh, we got married, got pregnant, and I just stopped exercising for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, but I am thinking, and that's where his go-to as well when we're exercising, if he's going to go to a gym, he's just going to hop on the treadmill and walk. So why don't we just have one in our house? It'd be easy. Yeah. Um, in the wintertime, we could always put it in our garage. We've got a carpeted garage carpet because someone from my buy nothing group gave it to us. And that's our kids basically like exercise play area. And we just keep our cars outside. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise we have like a, a deck in the back that has a gazebo type canvas walls that we could put out in the winter, but yeah. So what do you do for exercise? Do you go to the gym or you do the wa- grow with Joe stuff? Okay. So I've been doing the grow with Joe and I also, um, go and I walk the neighborhood. So I'll do about four miles. I, I don't do everything every day. Right. Yeah. So um, excuse me for a moment. So my cat needs to come in. <laughs> Go for it.
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so my goal is to, to at least get 10,000 steps in. Um, and that's just an initial goal because I know that I haven't been moving as much as I should. Um, it's not about weight loss. It's about health and, yep. and you know, how your body feels and, and you're growing, you know, with age, you really need to keep your body moving. Um, so, so I'll, I'll either go outside for a walk if it's nice and if it's not terribly hot. So we're in Wisconsin, so we're okay. I could do that before 9am. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and the grow with Joe workouts, I'll do that if, if, you know, if I need to get something in and I can't get out for a walk, but I also joined a gym and I've been going there, um, lately and mm -hmm. I actually will be going there in a little bit, um, to get my run in. So good for you. Yeah. How are you measuring your steps? Cause like back in the olden days, 20 years ago, I used like an actual physical pedometer that would just kind of like wiggle and, and mark each step. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you using like a Fitbit or some sort of Apple watch or something like that? So, um, really cool tip. I know Apple watches are like hot and all the electronics, you know, being connected, um, are great for monitoring everything. I had an Apple watch and I sold it because I did not like being always connected. Yeah. Um, I was distracted and it was mm -hmm. taking away from being productive mm -hmm. and everyone can connect with me at all time. So I don't have a watch anymore. I did track that. It was great. Um, but now it's just on average, uh, well, I'll keep track of it on my health app on my iPhone. Um, so if I walk, you know, however many miles, it's generally about the same for a woman. Men are different. The amount of steps they get in per mile if they walk. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm going out for a walk, I'll use like the Under Armour Map My Walk app. Yep. And that will tell me how far I walk and mm -hmm. then how many steps approximately based on how fast and, and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but if I like don't, then I'll, yeah, I don't know. I don't always carry my phone with me. That's the thing. Like if you yeah. have your phone on person, it will calculate it for you, mm -hmm. uh, at least for my iPhone. But <laughs> I mean, I'm just winging it here. I just want an average. I'm not trying to be I'm like, you. Exact. you know, I just need to make sure I move my body and, um, and stay healthy. I, when I used to use the walk map, my walk type app, um, or maps to see how far I was walking. Mm -hmm. Then I felt like I was constantly like looking at it and like watching it. And right now, one of my goals is to reduce my screen time, especially mm -hmm. with my phone, mm -hmm. Um, and so I usually, what I'll do is I'll go for like a long walk and usually one that if I were to drive it in a car, I could follow mm -hmm. the same path mm -hmm. so that I can get in my car and just drive it really quick. And then I'll just know that if I do this particular route, it's going to be about five miles. If I'm going to mm -hmm. do this route, it's just a mile. Um, if I do them both, then it's six miles. And then I'll just have that in my head that I took a six mile walk today, um, to kind of try to de um, deconnect and disconnect a little bit. Yeah, that's a great idea. There's also like apps online or, you know, programs online where you can just, 
go in it and retrace your steps and then it will oh, calculate yeah. it for you. Or you could with pre, you could do it pre, yeah. Or with mm-hmm. the mouse or whatnot, you can do it in advance. Like if you know that you want to go and at least get two miles in and you can map out, you know, where you need to start and where you need to. Oh, I like the, yeah, the idea that you can just draw it out and then you don't have to be like looking at it or following yeah. it or, you know, it's not. I don't always like my phone to know where I am at all times. It feels kind of creepy that it always knows where I'm at. Where, my goodness, I'm not talking very well today. <laughs> it feels kind of creepy. So I actually have like the um, the GPS, I don't know, not always connected. Mm. You know, um, one, one thing too is like my normal walks, if I go outside for a walk, I know uh, the route so much that I know if I do this route, my usual route two times, that's a little over four miles and I'm Mm -hmm. good, you know? Um, and I could even split that up without even bringing my phone. I know Mm -hmm. like how far I'm, I'm managing. So if, if my, but my neighborhood is so small and you know, I I could do the same route every day. I'm good, but (laughs) people do like to switch it up too. And how many miles does it take for you to get to 10,000 steps? Just so I, um, I think it's like almost five or five. It's like roughly around that. But um, the reason why I do like four miles is because my daily steps, you know, count mm-hmm. as well. So, of course. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something different. I wanted to go into a little bit about um, some of the work that you do with your women right now um, as you're coaching people who were leaving corporate. Mm-hmm. into um, being entrepreneurial. Are you finding that people are all wanting to work from home or some people want to work from like the, the we workspaces or that want to be the digital nomads? Do you feel like you're kind of finding everybody the full gamut or are most people just wanted to work from home with their kids? Um, I, I guess mainly from home, but that's not necessarily something that we're, mapping out in their plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be a mix if they wish, but mainly my clients work from home as far as I know. And I'm assuming that your clients are going into many different kinds of entrepreneurial journeys, right? So, um, what do you do when they say, I want to try to work from home with my kids? Like I know some businesses won't allow you to do that, and that's what reason why people want to be their own boss is so that they can, you know, pick their own hours and work when they want. Uh, what do you recommend for people who want to work from home with their kids? I know you're doing it, <clears throat> but your line of work yeah. is allowing you to. Not everyone right. does. You know, I think that honestly, I want to go back to the employers need to be a little more flexible and understand right. like yeah. um, where we arrived at this 40 hour work week. Mm-hmm. Then that no longer serves us. Yeah. And it was created under these other pretenses. Mm-hmm. And Factory it's not, settings. Yes. It's, it's not a productivity thing. Um, so I think I'm hoping that we would see a shift and it might not come, you know, within the next uh, century, but hopefully it does. Um, oh man, I'm hoping in five years. 
Like, but well, well, I think I think we will see a shift now that so many companies are being open, like realizing because they were forced to operate at home, mm-hmm. realizing it's possible right. to operate at home and still maintain that productivity. But you'll see, I noticed some employers, even when I was working um, with you know, career professionals and helping them transition to that next level position. Um, some employers still are hesitant on allowing so much flexibility, but I don't, I don't know if they fully understand that by allowing that flexibility, you're actually going to increase the productivity. You're actually going to increase the loyalty in, you know, giving the, your employees that opportunity to be able to manage it both and right. actually feel like, wow, this is, this is so much better. You know, even if you're going in the office half the time and working from home half the time or whatever your schedule may be, mm-hmm. employees, people in general need to be able to feel like they're actually living and not just working most of their lives um, cause that's just, that's puts a lot of stress on people. So for, for those that want to work from home, they have children at home. Um, they want to be able to make it work. I think the best thing is, is scheduling and finding some quiet time. Like you can't be out working at, even though it seems nice. I mean, I would much rather work at my kitchen table than stare at my wall in my you know room. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need that sole workspace so that you can be productive because it is really easy to get distracted. It is mm-hmm. really easy because your home life, when you're not used to working from home, your home life is, you know, interacting with your family. It's taking care of the house. It's lounging around on the couch. So you, you got to disconnect from that somehow and just wrap your mind around, okay, I need this workspace. This is what I do during this time. And everyone else has to get on board. Communication is a huge, huge factor mm-hmm. in being able to make this work. Um, well, boundaries. It also just depends on like, what kind of work are you choosing? Are you choosing the kind of work where you're going to have to be in eight hours of consultation, face-to-face calls, you know, highly serious, you know, um, business, you know, decision-making type things, or like even um, things with confidential, uh, you know, people who are doing maybe like therapy type work, you know, from home Mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, like I'm just responding to emails and um, things that it's not going to matter if my kid is jumping on the couch in their underwear you know, next to my computer, they're not going to know. Um, yeah. so I think if you're deciding to work from home, you know, what, what kind of work do you really want to do? And what kind of work can you do at home, especially if you're going to have kids mm-hmm. in the home without an, another maybe, um, care provider for them. Um, whenever it's for Mayo Clinic, they required another adult caregiver for children, uh, mm-hmm. during your working hours. And I understand that because of the nature of the work that we did, we weren't on the camera, but our productivity and our concentration were like, you know, it made the difference between, you know, patient safety or, you know, patient <laughs> danger. Uh, if you say That's the really wrong left point. or the right, or if you hear the wrong, wrong word, you know, we had to have, you know, very good focus. Um, but there's, 
I mean, the type of work that you or your clients might be doing will be, um, it, it could be, it just depends. I, I feel like um, having kids in the home at different ages, like a two-year-old versus a 10-year-old helps too. You know, and, and that's maybe my downfall with my opinion here, because my children are more independent at that, you know, at the ages that they're at. Mm-hmm. However, when I was, um, you know, planning events and in my event planning studio, I had just had my youngest. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's a bug. Um, I had just had, I had just had my youngest and it was, it was a challenge because, you know, as I was nursing, yep. she was with me all the time. She had her crib in my office space. Yep. She had everything. So she was with me all the time. And, you know, I did have to have somebody come in and take her, take care of her if I were was going to meet with the client because, yeah. you know, I needed that level of, you know, respect and professionalism. Not everybody yeah. wants to be bothered with the baby and be interrupted on their time. So um, that was important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can see how it can be challenging if you have toddlers running around, um, you know, the younger age, they're going to need some more supervision. They're going to need more interaction. You can't just give them a tablet and shoo them off. That's not healthy. We, we do have to, um, get more support and it is going to be a challenge. And as far as like my perspective right now, being able to work from home, it's nice because a, my, my oldest daughter, she's a teenager. She's very responsible. She's good. Right. My seven-year-old, I can give her a task. I can get her on board with, okay, mom's got to do this. You know, mom's got goals and this is how it affects the family. And here's how you can help, you know? So if you have Mm -hmm. elementary school kids, if you're your own boss, you can tell them, you know, you can show them how this affects, you know, once mom hits this Mm -hmm. goal, this is what we're going to do as a family and get them involved. But I need you to do XYZ. This is your responsibility. So we can reach these goals. My kids are starting a part in that. Yeah. My kids are starting to get that entrepreneurial like bug. I think just knowing that, you know, there's little things that they can do to even start to think about making money. Go ahead. Sorry. I interrupted you. No. And when you work um, from, you know, for a company, um, perhaps you could just shift the way, you know, obviously, um, you're not in control of your income goals, but you may have other goals that you can, um, you know, tweak some goals and, and get the children involved so that they can be respectful of of your time and understand what needs to happen, um, in order for, you know, the kids to get what their athletic, uh, membership, I don't know, (laughs) something, whatever, (laughs) just incorporate it, get getting them involved and helping them understand boundaries. Um, and that's good, but yeah, the toddler, the toddler and baby, you know, that's going to be, it is a challenge. And, um, I was working while they were sleeping most of the time, if they were sleeping, I, you know, I had my husband who could be the first line of defense, um, I mm-hmm. had a two-year-old who was still nursing for a while and I would be on camera and she'd come crawling in here and I'd be like, 
okay, uh, we're going to have to keep that off the camera, but I'll just tilt my camera a little bit <laughs> and we'll make it work for a few minutes to get you out. Yeah. I'll text my husband and be like, come get the kid. Um, but now that they're in school, you know, or going back into school now this year, um, everything is shifting for us. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you when you went through your MBA or your business degree, um, mm-hmm. I don't have that background. My background is in education. I'm an adult educator. Um, would you say that that sort of background in MBA, do they really kind of like give you a path that you can take? Like, I want to be the on, on the entrepreneurial path versus the I'm planning on being a corporate. Um, do people, are you prepared at all? Like, do they talk at all about people who want to go and be their own boss right away? Um, especially the, the work from home kind of thing, or do you feel like you had to forge your own way through that? I can't speak for all programs. Uh, the program that I was in, uh, you gained the foundation and it was all theoretical. Mm. Um, I think it, you know, obviously the, it did have that entrepreneur, um, pr- part of, of it, that, which is where I built my, uh, org- professional organizing business. Right. Um, but a lot of the other principles were, geared towards larger corporations, um, from a business, like for, as far as I remember, like this was a long mm-hmm. time ago. Okay. <laughs> um, or maybe overarching that it could apply to both. And then, I mean, it can, it definitely can apply to both. It definitely can apply to both the master's degree program in general. Like if you, it's good for somebody that is very experienced. Now, when I entered it, I entered it because um, I just, I needed to keep going. And I entered it before I even knew the direction I was headed in my career. So it was very premature. And looking back in retrospect, I would have waited or not um, went ahead, you know, as, as planned. Because in order for it to pay off, you really have to a be an experienced professional because then that's how you're going to like walk that path. Um, or you have to already know, like you're on the entrepreneur track and you, you know, just want to learn more and want to have that to your advantage. So when I went through my program, my brother-in-law was also going through his program. I, was undecided of what the heck I wanted to do. I was fresh out of my undergrad and I just needed to keep going because as a single parent, I didn't want to be a stereotype and mm-hmm. school was what kept me from, you know, that it kept mm-hmm. me going. It kept me focused. It kept me the, the forward progression um, in my life. Now my brother-in-law was a professional. He knew what he was doing. He was working in advertising and marketing and all of this. And so like, he just went up the ranks in an entirely different direction. Okay. And, you know, I I don't know it. I I don't know if I'm getting lost in your question, but that's my (laughs) take on it. No, that's good. So like if someone was ever to consider going for the MBA, maybe get your um, feet on the ground and get a little established first and then use it to catapult yourself further into what you've already started. Mm -hmm. Get established, figure out if that's what you need. 
if if that's what you need to get to that next level, um, go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. but if it's not, and you're thinking that it is nice, you know, you, you gotta fit, you gotta do some more soul searching and figure out what it is you're looking for, because there's so many things you can learn that you don't need an MBA to do. You don't need an MBA to be an entrepreneur. You, you need to, you know, understand there's plenty of small business programs out there in the communities too, that offer free resources, um, that help people get on that path. Oh, yeah. uh, but it is, it does definitely help. I think from a perspective of, um, like climbing that corporate ladder, I think it's definitely been okay. a more beneficial just depends on your goal. Figure out your goal first. I, I interviewed someone. Step. I interviewed someone a while back that, uh, dropped out of high school to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't even need, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the more education you get, you know, the more, the, the wider perspective you might have on life, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not necessarily necessary depending on what path you're trying to take. It, it I was want- beneficial. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It was no, no. beneficial be, uh, for me when, I, cause I, I was a college instructor as well. And in order for me to, teach at a college level, mm-hmm. I had to have my master's degree. Right. So yeah. that was, that served me. And I loved that opportunity. That is true. I've, I have actually found that my degrees, my, I guess my four-year degree and my uh, master's degree have opened up doors, literally just saying, I have a master's degree. They don't care what it was in. literally don't care. Just the fact that I had that master's degree level, um, has opened doors for me or helped me start at a higher pay rate. Um, so there is, I, I love education and I would be constantly in school if I could, um, we kind of let my husband take that path for a while and then it'll be my turn next again if I want, but I feel like I'm happy where I'm at right now. Um, for a while I was dabbling in the idea like, you know, I could get a PhD in children's literature. I wanted (laughs) Um, but I don't need it right now. So it's all good. I wanted to let you, um, I wanted to give you a little space to talk about some of your, I know that you've done uh, some research with women and you're just finding that not everyone is satisfied. Why are most people moving to become entrepreneurs? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, sure. Well, from a perspective of like statistics, I have read, um, in like in her, site.com did some research and actually this research was from 2019, but moving into 2020, the numbers were very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, but 73% of women are unsatisfied in their career because they need more pay. They desire a mission that they can get behind. Um, they're burnt out or they've hit a glass ceiling and, that to me is like, we need more support for women in the workplace and we need more, um, mentorship. We need more sponsorship. We need more discussion and more leadership training. And we need to figure out how the heck are we, you know, how can we support women in the workplace? What about the, the pandemic? Because I know that more women than ever are at home with the kids. Like, what have you seen in the past year now? Like, um, what was it? Two, 
Oh, I forgot the last article that I read, but millions of women were um, removed from, from the workforce and had to take the lead at home, take care of the house, take care of caring, you know, being that caregiver. Mm -hmm. Um, And it falls on the woman um, just from the society standpoint, past traditions that were still like uh, um, associated with it's the women that take on these duties. They also take on uh, the emotional duties in the workplace as well. Um, because, you know, that, that stereotype of women are more comforting and compassionate and kind. And um, we're just over exerted. We are over used and not taken care of um, in exchange. But yes, women have left the workforce to, you know, be that educator, be that caretaker. And a lot of them are realizing that, you know, it, I mean, it's taking income away from the households, right? But it's also unnecessary for women to have to pause their career Um if, if they so choose, I think it's unfair. It's absolutely unfair that that happens now, like from a personal standpoint, I've, you know, single parent, I'm the sole provider. I'm the, the go-to parent. So, I mean, I wouldn't see it any other way. However, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of women that have such a deep desire, um, in, in their career that, if they had to leave or if they were forced to leave, I just think it's unfortunate. And I, I hope that there's more support to bring them back in and to provide them with the resources they need because they should be able to have a fulfilling career mm-hmm. and a happy home. Yeah. I know that I was affected in the same way as many, many, many people I've been working all this time, but I've reduced my working hours, um, considerably almost to, I don't know, 10, 20% of what I had been doing before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think what we were talking about earlier is that flexibility, you know, among employers is really important. Um, when people want to work from home, obviously they give themselves that flexibility if they're working for themselves, but if they're working for other people, they might still, even if you're working from home, your hours and your expectations, your productivity and your time away might still be under the old constraints. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess looking forward now we have so many people who are wanting to work from home and there are more opportunities to work from home than there had been, even just in like the traditional workforce, Uh, what are you recommending for women who want to, I guess will be my final question. What do you recommend for people who want to, especially women, since that's your, your forte, Mm -hmm. um, that wants to move from working in corporate or who lost that corporate job and are like, Hey, I still want to work. I just want to do it from home. What do you recommend? How do you get people started on that journey? Well, it depends on what their skills and experience are. Um, because some professions, you know, they do, it's a little trickier than others to be able to do your own thing. But if you are looking to work from home and still stay on that, that same profession, um, figure out 
you're going to have to think outside the box too. It's some, sometimes it does take a, 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 you know, a different perspective. How can you provide a service to the marketplace with your skills and your expertise? What is it that you can do and who can you serve and start making those connections? Um, it's okay to, you know, map out a few hours a day to, um, learn those things, figure out, okay, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I could provide to the marketplace. And this is who for, and then the next steps I would recommend is to start making those connections. Like LinkedIn is a, a really great platform. Uh, I feel it's they're They're serious about building connections, building relationships, um, you can get leads on LinkedIn, really good leads through LinkedIn. It's that professional network. So you're staying connected to industry experts. You're staying connected to those that are in your field. You're staying up to date with industry trends. And you're also really carving out that area that you can fill that, you know, you can find the need in your industry and provide that service to fill that even gap. for the people who are trying to branch off under their own thing yeah of course um that's what i that's definitely what i would recommend because um i mean if you're already working if you're already displaced you're working you know at home it, it there's you still need to be able to manage how you're you know using your time and if you want to branch out on your own, then you need to start carving that time in your calendar to do those things, to, um, find that clarity, figure out what it is you're going to offer. And once you know those things and have clarity on your niche and your offer, you know, and who for, then you can start communicating that and doing, you know, generate some leads, get some money rolling in the door, test it out, test it out and don't get hung up because you're going to have, you know, whenever anybody starts something, you're going to have to learn and tweak as you go. What you think you're setting out to do might not be what you end up doing. And it's okay to to pivot knowing that you have that flexibility, but so don't, don't like get super caught up on that. Enjoy the journey, start learning talk about, you know, talk about, um, or stay connected with industry professionals and Mm -hmm. stay in the industry chatter. Uh, but from a perspective that you're offering a service, does that make sense? Like you, you really have to wear a different hat. You're no longer working for someone else. You're working for yourself. So you have to come with something and start generating that, um, well, and like you said earlier, you can go and ask your network, like, what would you come to yeah. me for advice for? That's a good place to start. And, and this is what I charge for that. Like at one time you just had yes. to date, you had just had to say it the first time and it worked. I, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up, but I really am, ag- I'm against, um, doing work for free. Mm-hmm. I think we're beyond that. Um, yeah. your experience, just because you're new as an entrepreneur, does not mean you deserve less. You have experience. You have the skills. 
So don't ever undercharge. Don't do work for free just because you need to get a testimonial. Because actually those are the worst clients ever because they're not invested. Huh. So go right out there and charge what you're worth for the, the, the service that you deliver, the value that you bring to the table because you have it. You are valuable. It is important. And one other thing too is to, you know, maybe for those that are, you know, wondering, like you're in that, that planning stage, the thinking stage, the idea stage, you know, like I said, LinkedIn is a huge platform where, or, or YouTube even, but LinkedIn is specifically, if you're wanting to stay within your industry and you're really wanting to do your own thing and branch off, utilize your network, start talking, get on video and do like Mm -hmm. little snippets and just share information and just start talking, get on camera, use your iPhone, start, you know, get in front of a window and start saying little bits of information that could be helpful to a potential audience that you want to serve. And then you're going to get chatter in the comments. You're going to get some shares. It's all going to come, you know, together at some point, but just do something and get out Mm -hmm. there and continue the conversation would be my tip. I feel like this is all relevant for me as well, because I am looking at changing direction. Um, I haven't really talked to you about this much recently, but in the past week, especially the thing that I've been doing for full-time for three, three and a half years, not as much full-time in the last year, but um, I was doing 50, 60 hours. Sometimes I was teaching ESL online and that industry is kind of falling apart right now. Um, because of some really big changes in the mainland China, um, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll flex some muscle and be like, you know what, we're not going to have foreign teachers. And um, so we're not losing our jobs immediately, but it's definitely going away quickly. Um, some of the companies have closed already, just very suddenly closed. The one that I am with, both of them that I'm with also teach adults or are looking at working in other markets. And so we might be able to kind of keep on for a little while longer. Um, but it's kind of rough. And so I'm looking at, you know, other things that I might be able to do. And I appreciate that you said, don't do it for free. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm going to start doing like, um, I interviewed a lady who does resume writing. Mm-hmm. And after we hung up, she, she said, you know, you might have a future in this. This might be a good job for you. And I I'm looking into it. I've got a stack of books and I'm like, man, I'm going to have to like do a whole bunch for free. And I appreciate that you said that because, um, that's a lot of time, you know, and I, I actually do have the skills to help people with resumes. I might not be as skilled as someone who's been doing it for 20 years, but I definitely have skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just the outside perspective. And I have the skill of interviewing and asking and learning, you know, getting to know people um, in a way that they might not be able to say it themselves on paper. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you for that. Um, any final thoughts? I want to find out where people can um, find you if they want to sure. ask you any questions, but I'm not sure if you currently have any openings for your clients right now. You can, you can talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, I do have, I run two programs, uh, the 90 day notice, and that is to help corporate women transition into entrepreneurship. And it's specifically for women who have already, you know, they have an idea of their niche and they have clarity on their, um, clients and they have started making that money and income and charging. And so they're seeing money come in, uh, but they just are holding on to that day job. They're holding mm-hmm. on to that nine to five. They're scared. They're indecisive. So I help them um, 
you know, finally step up to the plate and transition okay. uh, in that 90 day period. Uh, so I do run that program for a 12 week program. It's a 12 week group program, but for those who don't, you know, that, that 12 weeks scares them, they want to just get that information in and put it to, to work. I do offer a VIP day, which they meet with me for, um, six hours and we just, we get clarity on everything. We work on mindset. We get a plan of action together and where after that six hour, after the VIP day, they do have follow-up calls with me as a check-in, but they're walking out of that uh, with a plan of action. They know what they need to do to reach their goals and they know the steps. And yeah, it's just, those are the two offerings that I have. And you're currently offering them both right now? Yes. Okay. Good to know. And the VIP kid, you said, if you're local to you in Onalaska, La Crosse area, Wisconsin, is it optional to be in person or is it always virtual? Um, it's optional to be in person. So I okay. do run those virtually typically, but for those that, you know, like that break away from their normalcy, it, you know, there are some perks with that as well. Um, yeah, I put them up in a nice little spot and it right. is a different a VIP treatment um, oh, for in person. So All right. eating healthy, getting your mind right. And just you're, you're in a different space and you're just, you're feeling it, you know, you're feeling it. You, you walk away and you're excited and ready to implement that plan. Crystal, where can people find you if they want to contact you? Sure. I'm on uh, LinkedIn, so they can definitely connect with me at Crystal Leyland on LinkedIn, or they can visit my website, crystalleyland.com. And that's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-L-A-Y-L-A-N-D. Correct. Okay. Because again, you and many people have names that can be spelled many different ways. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have, about that. <laughs> I have, a, I have a cousin with a crystal with a K. So we've okay. got the K thing going on in my family. So, all yeah. right, Crystal, thank you so much. Go get that workout in. And I think I might <laughs> be inspired to go do the same. Uh, I'm going to go look up grow with Joe. Yes. And, and check it. it out. All right. This has been April Malone with Crystal Leyland. And yes, I work from home. We'll see you next time. Thank you.